Welcome to the Thriving in the Kingdom podcast with me, Vincent Kodongo. This is a place where you learn how to operate in the kingdom of heaven with optimal fruitfulness through the application of its principles. We have been speaking about the path of Papasa, and we have covered uh, three stages, and we are on the fourth stage. Just to give you a recap, the first stage is predestination and foreknowledge. The second is divine strategic positioning for formation. The third stage is progressive revelation of your uh, of your purpose. The fourth is training for your kingdom assignment. Last week, uh, we spoke about four areas that God targets uh, in the process of training us for the kingdom, for our kingdom assignments. In today's episode, we are going to speak about the instruments that God uses for training us, the instruments that the Lord uses for training us, huh? that is instruments of kingdom training. And there are a number of them. The first instrument that God uses for training as for assignments is providential, geographical, and circumstantial strategic placement. Providential, geographical, and circumstantial strategic placement. Huh? Uh, the scriptures say in uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 26, he says that from one man he made every nation of men and determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. Uh, so uh, where we live, we are exposed to different things that we learn over time. It's a place also of our formation as we saw in the second stage. Uh, so you learn a lot from the environment in which you live. This could be more than one area of placement. It's not only the place in which you are born. It's the, it could be you could be born in one area, go to school in a different uh, place, and also go for advanced education in a different area. So every place in which you are positioned, uh, by God opening a door for you to uh, live in that place, uh, you are exposed to information and to environments that from which you learn a lot. So, if you look at scripture, you'd find that uh, Moses, uh, Moses was positioned in Pharaoh's house as a, an adopted daughter of Pharaoh's daughter, an adopted son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he grew up as a prince in Egypt for 40 years. And then he, <clears throat> he became a fugitive when he killed an Egyptian. And he went to the desert and also lived in the desert as a shepherd for for 40 years before he commenced his kingdom assignment. So you realize uh, both of these dimensions were instrumental in Moses' assignment of delivering the Israelites from Egypt because he had already been in Egypt and understood the culture of Egyptians and the protocol of the palace. And yet also uh, he, he was in the wilderness. So he, was, he was in, had been in the wilderness for 40 years taking care of sheep. So now he's able to take care of the sheep that belong to God. That's the human beings, the Israelite nation uh, for 40 years. We also see David uh, growing as a, uh, as a shepherd boy in his father's house. And uh, he took care of sheep. He killed the lion and the bear before he was able even to kill Goliath later on. So where you are positioned by God geographically or circumstantially is strategic. It's, a, it's an environment through which God uses to train you for your assignment. The second instrument that God uses for, to train us for our kingdom assignments is family. 
and this in, this this includes even the adoptive uh, uh, context of family and uh, guardians also including uh, growing up in a children's home the scriptures say in proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 they say that train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it so the responsibility of training children of raising children is placed upon parents is not placed upon sunday school teachers is not placed upon the schools is placed upon parents by god so it's a command that we, that we should not only just provide for children but we should train them in the ways of the lord the third instrument that god uses for training us is ministers in the kingdom of heaven ministers in the kingdom of heaven and here we are speaking about apostles prophets teachers pastors evangelists what people commonly call the fivefold ministry some people some theologians argue that they are fourfold because they say that uh, pastoring and teaching is one but whichever school of thought you are from you'd realize that uh, all these ministers are instruments of training if you read the, the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 5 uh, chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 11 the scripture said, said uh, concerning Jesus it says uh, it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. You realize the words used there, to prepare God's people for works of service, eh? so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature and attaining the, to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work so you see all that description of what we are supposed to be formed to, formed to be as the body of christ it's about it's it's a, it's the assignment that ministers in the kingdom have to equip the saints so one of the 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 instruments that god uses for preparing us for kingdom assignments is ministers in the kingdom and of course the persons to whom the, the, their, their authority is delegated the fourth way in which God trains the fourth instrument that God uses to train us is kingdom community kingdom community within this context refers to the body of Christ any group of believers that is within the body of Christ uh, that is the church the ecclesia uh, as we coexist as believers in fellowship in service in all sorts of ways in which we work together and coexist together as the saints in helping one another loving one another serving one another uh, standing with one another against the spiritual forces of darkness and against the people who, st who fight the church uh, or who persecute the church uh, in that kind of community 
we learn and we grow. We not only learn and grow from ministers, we learn and grow from other believers. So within the context of a, of a, a being part of a community, and this being part of a community of the kingdom, our citizens, is not just about attending church on Sunday or attending prayer meetings. It's about fellowship, forming relationships and connecting actively in, 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 in relationship, in studying the word together, in praying together, in serving one another, in, serving, in reaching out in evangelism or mission outreach or whatever kind of service we do to the world together as a body. If we do that, we learn and we grow individually and corporately. So, and, and as we have seen in Ephesians chapter 4, ministers are, are, are equipping the saints in order to help them to grow into the, the, in, in, into the image of Christ, not just individually, but corporately, that we may be one. So, when we function, with the, when, you are, when, when we got uh, born again, when we accept Jesus Christ into our personal, as our personal savior, and we come into the kingdom, we become kingdom citizens, we are not supposed just to operate in isolation. We are supposed to be part of a community, not church hoping, not hoping from this place to another place. We are supposed to be part of a community where we form relationship and we are built up. We are built up. We are part of the, 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 the uh, we are building blocks. A building block cannot constitute a building. It has to be connected with other building blocks. That's and, uh, and body parts cannot constitute a body. They have to be connected with other body parts to form a body and then eventually to connect it to Christ who is the head. Uh, so, so, so therefore, we learn and we are trained by coexistence within kingdom community. The fifth way the fifth instrument that God uses to train us for our kingdom assignments huh, is the Bible. <clears throat> the Bible, the written word of God, the one that is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Huh? The scriptures say this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 to 17. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, the Bible is useful for teaching us, for rebuking us, for correcting us, for training us in righteousness. So, it's a holistic uh, assignment that the Word of God has. The Word of God is not just for reading and feeling nice about ourselves. It is useful for encouragement also. Yeah, because ministers are told to correct, rebuke, and encouragement, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So, so through the word, we are encouraged. Through the word of God, we are taught. Through the word of God, we are trained. We are rebuked. We are corrected. And so the transformation is holistic. So the word of God is an instrument by which that which God uses to train us to become more like uh, Jesus Christ, to become what he wants us to be, to embrace the principles of the kingdom which are uh, contained therein. Uh, the scriptures also say in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This is God instructing Joshua. He says that. Then he says, But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may be observed to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, 
and then you will have good success. So, the book of the law, if you look at the Old Testament being the shadow of the New Testament, the book of the law would speak about, uh, in the New Testament, speak New Covenant would speak about it holistically as the Word of God in present day. So the Word of God is an instrument that that God requires us uh, to meditate upon day and night to reflect upon those principles, those insights, those values, and incorporate them into part of us. And the scriptures say, if we do so, and if we, the word does not depart from our mouth, then we shall be prosperous and successful if we do what we have meditated on, uh, on upon. So the scriptures are a major component of our foundation, of the building of our faith. So, you cannot be just going to school and, and uh, attending trainings, courses in your area of uh, purpose, but you are not investing in scripture. You are not investing in learning for the principles of the kingdom. Because for God to use you effectively in any sphere of influence, the foundation of your mission has to be scriptural. It has to be God-centered. It has to reflect the mind of God. And the mind of God and the wisdom of God is contained in Scripture. The Bible is what contains the truth, the truth, the principles of truth. The sixth instrument that God uses to train us is the Holy Spirit, who is God, the, part, the third person in the Trinity. The, and the Bible says this in uh, John chapter 16, verse 12 to 13. It says, I have much more. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. So the Holy Spirit teaches us. In fact, the Holy Spirit is the author of Scripture. That's why the Scripture says the, the, the all Scripture is God-breathed. So it's inspired by God, by the Holy, by the, the Holy Spirit inspired the writers to 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 write the different, the various books that constitute the the Bible, and the Holy Spirit not only did so, but also He is alive. That when Jesus went to heaven and was seated at the right hand of God, He sent the Holy Spirit, and so the Spirit of God who lives in us is the Spirit of Truth. He is our teacher. He teaches us. He helps us to, he guides us into all truth. He picks from what Jesus said, from what is in the scripture. He doesn't say anything that is unscriptural. He teaches us all truth. So if we want, for us to be able to be equipped for a kingdom assignment and to succeed in the same, even in future, we have to be led by the Spirit. We have to be taught by the Spirit. We have to gain deeper understanding by the help of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, we are not going to succeed. Without the Holy Spirit, in fact, we cannot be able to understand the Word of God adequately. So the so God uses the Holy Spirit who is in us. The Father uses the Holy Spirit who is in us to train us for our kingdom assignments. That This means, therefore, that... Uh, in the course of our work with God, it's our growth in understanding who the Holy Spirit is, what his assignment is, 
and how he moves, how he speaks, how he helps us in diverse ways, like in prayer, in his spiritual gifts, in expressing the fruit of the Spirit, all those dimensions of his assignment in our lives, all of those dimensions. Huh? The, ish, the, the thing is that the Spirit of God comes to, to, to uh, train us for our kingdom assignments. The seventh way in which God trains us, the seventh instrument that God uses to train us, uh, is exposure. Exposure. Uh, and there are various things that God uses uh, uh, in, in term, from the perspective of exposure. The first is exposure to strategic relationships. For instance, you find uh, this could be mentorship, it could be friendship, it could be professional relationships. Eh? For instance, you find that uh, Elijah, uh, Elisha was exposed to Elijah before he, he, he was able to take over the, the prophetic mantle to get to have it passed on to him as God had uh, directed Elijah to do so, to appoint Elisha as his successor. So he had to go under tutelage. He had to be mentored and to be discipled to see how prophetic assignments are carried out under Elijah. We also see Samuel was taken as a, as a boy by his uh, mother and Hannah to the temple and he grew under the early the priest. He learned the priestly duty. He learned how to serve God and he grew up and became a prophet and judge in Israel. We also see the apostles. They were they submitted to Jesus' mentorship and discipleship, training uh, to become apostles. So that was a strategic relationship. We also see Apostle Paul and Timothy with, uh, having a strategic relationship whereby Timothy was exposed to Paul as Titus was also exposed to Apostle Paul. And by that kind of mentorship and discipleship, uh, he was able to be exposed to uh, uh, diverse uh, dimensions uh, of kingdom matters so that you could be able to be a minister in the kingdom and the same case also for for Titus huh? so you see exposure to strategic relationships whether they are mentorships or friendship uh, mentorship context friendship or professional relationships huh? uh, that's relationship within our context of assignments huh? or things that are train or contexts that are training us for our eventual assignments huh? These are strategic relationships. They are covenant relationships. So you have to have discernment eh, to know destiny relationships or seasonal relationships that have come to help you towards a, a transformation, towards personal transformation. That's transformation of your worldview, your character, your capacity, and your fruitfulness. As we said in the last episode, God also exposes us to diverse experiences, eh? And this could be good or bad experiences. It's not only bad, good experiences, it's also bad experiences. He allows that to happen and we learn about him as we go through them. Uh, for instance, we learn about the presence of God being with us all, all through. Well, because he always says in the Bible, I will be with you. So, for instance, he tells the Israelites huh, in Isaiah 43 that, uh, that if when you walk through the fire... They will not they, when you walk through the fire the, 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 the fire you will not be burned and when you go through the waters they will not sweep over you so you see you learn that God is a shield by going through the fire 
by going through the waters that seem like they'll they'll sweep over you. We also see uh, Abraham relearning that God is Jehovah Jireh by exposure to a context in which he was required to sacrifice his son to God by divine instruction. And then God provides provided a ram and uh, he, he could be able to say that from experience that God is Jehovah Jireh. So he learned about God from experience. Huh? You also see uh, when uh, there was a battle between the Israelites and the Amalekites and Moses' was uh, hands were lifted up and as long as they were lifted up, Joshua was winning. winning. And Aaron and Hur held up his hand until Joshua uh, defeated the Amalekites. And from there is where we get the name Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. So the names of God that we quote most of the time, they come from experiences that people went through and they were able to conclude that God is, is this. That's whatever name that they use. Like God is Jehovah Nisi or God is Jehovah Rapha or God is El Shaddai or Adonai. We learn this from experiences. As we go through uh, experiences, if you are sick and you come into contact with the healing power of God, then you come to learn truly that God is Jehovah Rofika, Jehovah Rapha. Yeah. Or it doesn't have to be you. It can be somebody that you know. Uh, so good or bad experiences. And and the other ex kind of exposure that, we, that uh, God takes us through uh, in terms of training by exposure is strategic opportunities huh? exposure to strategic opportunities huh? you could be working in a place and then there are opportunities for you to travel outside the country uh, and be in forums that uh, attract other nations and so you'll be able to expose to a continental or global or sub-regional sub uh, context of discussion and your, your mind mindset is expanded and your capacity is built uh, you could also have the strategic opportunity to organize something. Maybe you could be, for instance, like when I, uh, although I am a lawyer, uh, what would ha what happened is that uh, in the course of my work in, in an, a non-governmental organization, I found that I had responsibilities like uh, in one project of writing a book, something I never uh, thought would constitute my work at the time. And I know the process that uh, you have from developing the concept of a group to go writing it and having several authors and to printing it and to publishing and launching it. So I understand that from experience, from the exposure that I got, I also learned about how to organize local events, workshops, conferences. I learned also how to organize international conference. All this from exposure through my work. I learned how to conduct policy and legislative advocacy at the national level, at the at the sub-regional level, at the continental level, and even at the UN level. You see, So exposure through my work. So I have a broad understanding of the context of policy and legislative reform. From this kind of exposure to strategic opportunities uh, that somebody who has not had that just has a theoretical and an uninformed perspective uh, probably idealistic for them the other thing in which god can uh, uh, in which uh, uh, god uses uh, exposure to to train us is is exposure to uh, cross-cultural interaction for instance uh, uh, working with people from different ethnic communities if you used to live in only one ethnic community in your in your locality and when now you move to a city and then you find uh, it's a cosmopolitan setting uh, 
or you move to another country and you find people from a different race or a different different uh, ethnic communities and therefore you are, you are, your mindset is expanded and this uh, this is expanding of your understanding of people and their culture that is different from yours and building new relationships especially if your assignment is going to be cross-cultural there is also exposure to unfamiliar dimensions and this helps in building your faith in God in all seasons because you learn how to navigate seasons of uncertainty there is ex and, and also you learn how to adapt to change because when you are moving in operating in operating in familiar dimensions we tend to operate with a sense of uh, of comfort so we stay in your comfort zone but every time god moves you and god calls you into something new eventually in your assignment the, the, the exposure to unfamiliar dimensions uh, causes you to adapt to the shifts it causes you to trust the leading of god to learn to lead god uh, to submit to God's leading in all circumstances and to have faith in him because you don't know how it will be. God also exposes us to relevant knowledge and insight. He facilitates that or opens the door for that. And this broadens our understanding of issues. This could be formal education that we go through. It could be training programs that we enroll for. Uh, they can, uh, whether they are physical, uh, they require physical presence or training courses that are online, or whether it's their podcasts, or they could be, they could also be books that you read. They could be mentorship programs. The relevant knowledge and insight that we go, that we expose to, is uh, for the, the the frameworks through which uh, we go through education and training. And in this context, uh, uh, enable us to be to build our capacity and to be transformed and prepared for a kingdom assignment. For instance, if, you, if you're going to be a government official and you go through a training in an area, maybe you are, you are trained in the health sector and eventually you end up working in a, in a, in a, in a context of health that your assignment maybe falls in that context, locally or internationally, or probably you could be somebody who's involved in uh, uh, matters of economy and uh, you, 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 you eventually work in government in that setting or work in the business world in that setting and you work for a multinational. Uh, so it, 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 the knowledge and, and insight can, is, is diverse and is broad and is just connected to your assignment. It's different from person to person, but the exposure to that uh, is necessary is necessary that's why when you are in a season of being developed or being training when when it seems like god is keeping you waiting you should uh, occupy yourself with uh, uh, gaining relevant knowledge and insight it's not just general knowledge and insight it's relevant knowledge and insight as you it broadens your understanding of issues so that you're not operating in an ignorant sense they uh, that's all these are, are ways in which god trains us through exposure the eighth way in the eighth instrument that God uses for training us for kingdom assignments is seasons of trials and tribulations. Seasons of trials and tribulations. And this constitutes our also suffering. Uh, suffering is not uh, always a, a bad thing. People think about it as a bad thing, but from the Bible, uh, the truth is that it's not a bad thing entirely. There is unnecessary suffering. And there's pointless suffering, but there's suffering that we go through and tough times that build our capacity. Uh, the scriptures say this in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. 
<clears throat> say it, <clears throat> consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So you see that the scriptures is telling us that we shouldn't think of trials in a bad thing. It tells us, it starts by saying, consider it pure joy. Some version says, count it all joy. Say, consider it pure joy, not just joy, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because trials are producing perseverance. And what is perseverance? Use uh, 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 this testing of your faith uh, 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 that is developing perseverance. Huh? What is it used for? That it's finishing its work. There's some work in doing, it's doing in you. It's transforming you into maturity and completeness for your kingdom assignment. So trials are useful for equipping you, for preparing you to be able to deal with the pressures, to deal with the weight of the, your assignment, to grow in diverse ways huh, in order to handle higher dimensions. Uh, concerning Jesus, we read in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 about how he went through our suffering. He says how suffering helped him, not just for our salvation but for him also he says during the days of jesus life on earth he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and he was heard because of his reverent submission although he was a son he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That is Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10. My focus is on verse 8, where he says, Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And then verse 9 says, And once made perfect. Remember, the scriptures already uh, told, tells us uh, that uh, Jesus as our high priest that though he was tested in every way, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, he says that he never sinned, that he, he was without sin, he knew no sin. So when he's talking about him being made perfect, it's not saying about him stopping sinning. There's a different kind of perfection it's speaking about. And it's also saying that he's learning obedience. He was righteous, but he's learning obedience by what he suffered. The scriptures, it says, by what he suffered. It's, the scriptures doesn't leave us, in, leave us in doubt about that. It says, from what he suffered. So you realize uh, that suffering is an instrument of transformation for our kingdom assignment, of, of training us, of transforming our worldview, our character, our capacity, our fruitfulness. So, therefore, those are the eight ways in which God trains us for our kingdom assignment. I can recap them. The first one, is uh, the instruments that God uses for training our kingdom assignment. The first is providential, geographical, and circumstantial strategic placement. The second is family. You're trained by your parents or your guardians in the ways of the Lord. The third uh, method of, uh, the third instruments of training is ministers in the kingdom, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, and pastors, and whoever they delegate the authority to. Then there's kingdom community, that is the church, the body of Christ. Uh, the fifth is 
the Bible, the written word of God. The sixth is the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. He teaches us things that are deeper about the word of God and the mysteries of the kingdom. And exposure, diverse kinds of exposure, whether it's to strategic relationships, exposure to diverse experiences, exposure to strategic opportunities, to cross-cultural interaction, to unfamiliar dimensions, to relevant knowledge and insight. And the eighth instrument that I've spoken about today is seasons of trials and tribulations, suffering, which constitute suffering, of course, of which the most uh, weighty one is the wilderness experience, which is a prolonged season of testing and training for our kingdom assignment through suffering, through pressure from all directions in order to enforce death to self and to bring out the character of Christ in us. So in conclusion, I'd like you to reflect on the following, on this uh, question. To what extent have you been conscious of the preparation for your kingdom assignment through the instruments of training mentioned in this episode? To what extent have you been conscious of your prepar the preparation for your kingdom assignment by God? through the, these instruments of training that I've, I've illustrated. There could be more, but these are the, the, the key ones that I thought of highlighting. Reflect on them and ask yourself, have you been conscious that God is training you through strategic relationships, through the, His Word, through ministers? Or do you just go to church, attend, leave, attend, leave? You don't realize that you're being trained through that form. Do you take the Word of God lightly? Or do you take it seriously? Are you led by the Holy Spirit? Are you being taught by the Spirit of God? Or do you ignore His voice? Or are you not even conscious about Him leading you or training you or helping you to understand Jesus better, to understand the Word better? Are you aware that your parents have contributed towards your training or your guardians in whatever context that you have been in? Are you aware that there are trials and tribulations that you're going through in a particular season that are developing you for where you are going. So reflect on that question. And if you have been blessed by this episode, I would like you to share the same with a friend or family member or colleague or anybody who else you'd like to benefit from, maybe from your social media uh, accounts. And if you have not subscribed, you can subscribe to the same or ask whoever you share with to subscribe. Then also give us feedback by leaving a review on the, the platform from which you are listening to this podcast. And through the social media contacts, contacts provided in the show notes. Otherwise, may God bless you and help you to reflect deeper on this uh, fourth stage of uh, the path of purpose as we prepare to discuss the next stage.